Welcome to AM Best Audio. Collegiate and professional sports athletes are powerhouses on the field and courts and entertain spectators in the stands and on TV across the world. But every time they practice, train, and compete, they risk injury, and sometimes unfortunate situations arise. The number of sports-related injuries is climbing. In fact, the National Collegiate Athletic Association reports there are approximately 1.3 million injuries annually among college athletes in the U.S. alone. Injuries in collegiate and professional sports can have a significant and sometimes devastating impact on both an athlete's and a team's career and financial stability. Insurance, however, can play a critical role in helping to recover some of those losses. I'm Lori Chortis for Ambest TV, and joining us now to discuss that is Richard Giller. He's a partner and chair of Green Spoon Martyrs Insurance Recovery and Practice Group. Richard, welcome. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to meet you too, Lori, and I appreciate the time. In September, New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, while making his debut with the team, was carted off the field while suffering a torn Achilles. As a result, he will miss playing the, the rest of the season. What does that mean for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, and what are the insurance implications of a situation like that? That's a great question. So the athlete in that situation, because he has a guaranteed contract, guaranteeing about $75 million of his $112 million contract, doesn't really take out insurance, doesn't need to take out insurance to protect himself. The Jets owe him $75 million no matter what happens. So if he only plays four downs, which is all he played in the first game this season, the Jets owe him his full guaranteed contract. However, the Jets had an option to, to buy insurance coverage to protect their losses in case he went down and they still had to pay him. Um, in the athlete space, they can buy, purchase something called permanent total disability insurance, which means just that. If you get disabled, whether on or off the field, 24 hours, hours a day, seven days a week, anywhere in the world, and you can never play again, the policy pays the athlete a lump sum benefit. Um, you can also buy something called a loss of value rider on a PTD policy, which allows the athlete to ensure the value of his or her next contract. In the case of college athletes, it would be their first professional contract. And if you have a loss of value and policy in place and you get injured and your contract you sign is less than what everybody expected you to sign, meaning the insurance company and their underwriters, um, the policy would pay you the delta up to the policy limits between what you actually signed for and what you um, everybody thought you were going to sign for. In the case of the Jets, they could have purchased something called temporary total disability or TTD insurance. An athlete can buy temporary total disability or TTD coverage to ensure their endorsement deals because a lot of endorsement deals are pay-for-play contracts, meaning you know, if you play in 80% of your games, we'll pay you 100% of your endorsement deal. But if you get injured and you're not on TV anymore and you're not playing in the games and nobody's seeing our logo, we're going to pay you less. So temporary total disability insurance is just that as well, just like it sounds. If you're injured but you're not permanently disabled and you're not in your contract year, um, but you're still disabled for part of the season or all the season in Aaron's case, you can ensure the drop in your endorsement deal value if you know you lose money because you're injured. So the Jets could have purchased temporary total disability insurance on 
Rogers' contract, in which case they would have ensured the exact scenario that happened. If he got injured and they still had to pay him money, the insurance policy would kick in. My sources tell me that the Jets were offered a $25 million TTD policy for Aaron Rodgers' contract at a premium of about just under seven figures. So let's just say a million dollars. And and if the Jets had purchased that policy, uh, they would have fully insured at least 60% of the the money they owed Aaron this season. Uh, Aaron's contract is set up so that he's going to make about $1.8 $1.8 million in base salary this year, but he also gets a $35 million uh, signing bonus. So he's going to make about $37 million this year. And the Jets could have insured $25 million of that if they had purchased a policy that would have cost them about a $1 million. But as I understand it, as it's as been told to me, the Jets turned that down. They decided not to buy the policy. So, Richard, what trends are you currently seeing around athlete injuries today and the insurance implications of those unfortunate situations? The biggest trend I'm seeing is is the changes in the NCAA rules on how colleges and universities can pay the premiums for the insurance policies that top, their top athletes want to take out. Last year, the NCAA finally ruled that schools could use general fund money to fund these premiums. And that way the, there's a lot more money to go around and uh, colleges and universities can, can use the money to buy both PTD and LOV and uh, critical injury insurance. Can you tell us a little bit more about the types of policies that collegiate and professional athletes and teams need to cover and secure payouts for athlete injuries? Sure, so college, colleges and universities don't take out insurance for themselves, but their athletes can, and the and the and the college or university pays the premium. So most college athletes would take out a permanent total disability policy in case they got injured and could never play again. Um, some, if you're going to be a top first second round draft pick in most of the professional leagues, some insurance companies offer a rider called loss of value insurance, and so that if uh, before the NFL draft, for example, a a college athlete is going to be a top five or ten pick. The insu- and because the drafts have the salaries all slotted, you know what the first round draft pick is going to make over a four year contract. So the insurance underwriters get together with the colleges and universities and they figure out how much they think the first contract a top athlete is going to sign for. And then the insurance company will offer about 60% of that for loss of value. So if you're going to be a top five NFL draft pick, and you know you're going to sign a four-year deal worth, let's say, $60 million. Um, you can get 60% of that, up to 60% of that covered in case you get hurt in your final college season and you drop from top five pick to, say, the last slot in the second round. Um, and you can insure yourself up to $10 million as a college athlete generally is, a, is the high end. Um, if but you can only get a loss of value if you have a, a PTD policy in place, and you can only get the same amount, up to the same amount of limits of coverage for a loss of value policy as you already have for PTD. So if you have a $10 million PTD, you can get a $10 million or $5 million or $1 million loss of value insurance rider, um, but you can't get more than $10 million. And, the, and pro athletes have the same thing. 
Uh, obviously, they're not going to buy a loss of value writer if they've already signed, if they're in the first year of a four-year deal, for example, because they've got four years. Um, I think in the professional space, the NFL has the least number of guaranteed contracts. The NBA and Major League Baseball have a significant amount of their players on guaranteed contracts. And so I think the idea of teams purchasing TTD coverage in the NFL is not as common, let's say, as it is in, in the NBA and Major League Baseball. So that may be why the Jets passed. Um, it also could be, you know, I don't want to spend a million dollars for something that, you know, is likely not to happen. Aaron was 39 when he started the season. He was going to turn 40 during the season. And he had a, for an NFL quarterback, didn't have many serious injuries in his 19-year NFL career. So, you know, maybe the team weighed their, you know, options and thought, well, he's not going to get hurt. Um, so why waste a million dollars? But, I mean, insurance is purchased for the very thing that happened, which is an unexpected contingency. Can you share any recent stories of athletes or teams who have benefited from these coverages and payouts, like you just discussed? So, over the course of the past nine or yeah, nine years, I've represented dozens of, of athletes, and every single one of them I've represented has gotten paid off on their PTD and or at loss of value policy, not without a fight in a lot of instances because, you know, insurance companies tend to be very happy to collect your premium, but not all that thrilled to pay you out when you have a claim. Um, so there, it does take a fight sometimes and not all of the cases get 100% recovery, but it's a good track record in terms of none of my clients have ever, you know, not received a, a payout of some sort at some level. And it's generally somewhere between 75 and 100% um, in those cases. Um, and the insurance industry is, they, again, they like to take your premium, but they don't like to do any upfront investigations. They take the application answers, don't do much to investigate, you know, what kind of injuries the players have, despite the fact that there are plenty of very well-known websites I mean, there's a website called spotrack.com. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But you literally can type in the name of any professional athlete and college athletes in some ways. And within 30 seconds, you have a list of all their transactions, all their deals, every injury they've ever sustained, every fine they've been imposed against them. And so the, the underwriting process is a lot easier nowadays than it was in the past. And so, you know, insurance companies should all research it themselves, especially if you're going to insure somebody like Aaron Rodgers, who 19-year career, you'd want to know every injury this guy's had over 19 years. I mean, you know, you're in professional football, you're going to, you're going to have a, a number of injuries over the course of 19-year career. So what else should insurers, brokers, and agents be doing, and how can they help athletes uh, get the coverages they need, and what are some key considerations in insuring athletes? Basically comes down to how forthcoming an athlete was on his or her policy application. And the problem is, is that professional athletes, college athletes, D1 athletes, they're not like you or I. Um, let me say that again. They're not like you or me. <laughs> um, if a policy application asks, you know, lists all your injuries, a lot of athletes don't consider themselves injured unless they actually missed playing time and let their teammates down. You know, they may be hurt in their mind, but they didn't, they weren't injured. And so 
there are some policy application questions that should be rewritten for professional athletes as opposed to just, you know, run-of-the-mill general public. Um, and, you know, for example, there's a question on, on insurance, sports insurance applications that asks the athlete, you know, lists all the over-the-counter anti-inflammatory medications you've taken in the past 24 months. <laughs> and it, as you might imagine, for a football player, if they, if they asked in the last 24 hours, you might be able to list it, but otherwise you'd have 700 pages of Advil and Tylenol and over-the-counter anti-inflammatory medications. And so, you know, revamping the application process is important. And then with respect to brokers and colleges and universities, my suggestion is that a team or a player just get all their medical records together and put them on a flash drive. And every question on an application that says, you know, have you ever had an injury, you just say, see attached flash drive. Um, and you can take it back until high school. For example, I, I represented a, a major league pitcher who had, you know, 12, 13 years of experience and had a shoulder injury, couldn't really keep the velocity up as, as he used to and hit the strike zone like he used to. Um, and so it was a pretty serious injury. Um, they tried him in the bullpen. It didn't work. And so he ended up not being able to play anymore. So he submitted a you know, permanent total disability claim. And the insurance company came back and said, you know, it wasn't really one bad you know, shoulder injury. It was a series of micro traumas caused by, and this is my favorite part, repetitive overhand throwing motion which when I got the denial letter, I, I literally laughed out loud thinking to myself, so you issued an insurance policy to a person whose profession is overhand repetitive, repetitive overhand throwing motion, and then you deny his claim because he got hurt doing exactly what you insured him to do? It was, but those kind of, you know, questions and, and positions come up all the time in these cases. Aside from injury, what other risks do athletes face that may impact their earnings and performance? And in addition to the various insurance coverages you just discussed, should teams also consider things like contract completion, loss of endorsements, cost of agents and managers? So I think we were talking earlier about the temporary total disability policy. Um, you can, as an athlete, take that out to ensure your endorsement deals. I happened to live in Palos Verdes in Southern California, and I was driving to work one morning, and I looked over at the other side of the road as I'm going downhill, and there was an overturned SUV going uphill. And my first reaction was, you know, who flips their car going up a hill? And then when I got to the office, I realized that I had just driven past Tiger Woods' accident, where he had flipped his SUV going downhill, but it happened to roll over into the on uphill lanes. And, you know, after hoping and praying that he was okay and could play golf again uh, and getting confirmation of that, my next you know, insurance lawyer uh, thought process was, I hope he had temporary total disability insurance on his endorsement deals because at that point of his career and as it, as it exists now, he makes a lot more money on endorsements than he does on the field or on the you know, course. Um, and so you know, that's an important policy to have in place. Uh, and, and like I said, it, it, co it covers you 24-7 worldwide, and you don't have to be injured playing your sport. Any injury, flipping your car and, and not being able to play golf again, you would recover. So it's a really good um, policy or policies to consider. All of them are great policies to consider. Critical injury insurance is, a, is another option where 
they have a predetermined amount of money you recover if you you know tear your ACL, for example. You can get $250,000. Whether that impacts your career, whether that impacts your contract, whether you can keep playing or not, they just cut your check for half a, a quarter of a million dollars. I'm not a tax lawyer, so I'm not giving tax advice here, but um, every athlete I've ever represented, his tax lawyers and tax people told them that the insurance recovery was tax-free because it involves your bodily injury. And in that case, you know, let's just say a, a, um, a player gets a $10 million insurance payout. For them in their head, they would have had to have made two and a half times that to clear $10 million. What types of unique claims and coverage challenges may arise in professional sports? I think the coverage challenges go back to the application questions I was at, talking about earlier, and they also go back to, you know, the obligation for underwriters and the insurance companies to actually investigate, um, you know, a player's transaction and, and injury history. Because, you know, it, uh, every professional sports team keeps an incredible track of, you know, every physical therapy session and, and every you know, injury that's listed and every time you're on the injured reserve or the disabled list or any of the lists, you know, that the leagues maintain on, on injured players. So it's, it's readily accessible. And I think that the laws should be that an insurance company has an obligation to investigate, you know, every application that comes in. The other uh, aspect of that is a number of states, including California, prohibit something called post-claim underwriting, which is an instance where the insurance company does no upfront underwriting, issues a policy, the player or a person uh, gets injured and is disabled, and then the insurance company decides, you know what, I'm going to look at every medical record from you know, all 19 years of Aaron Rodgers' career, and I'm going to look through them with a fine-tooth comb. And if I find one thing you didn't put on your application, I'm going to deny coverage. Uh, so California, Mississippi, and a couple other states prohibit that expressly by statute. And I think it should be prohibited everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, you shouldn't pay six or seven figures to secure an insurance policy and then have it denied because the insurance company didn't actually investigate at the outset. So what risk management strategies should sports organizations and athletes take to help ensure the health and safety of athletes? Well, one of the biggest areas in all sports is concussion and concussion protocols. Um, there was um, you know, a lot of research done on CTE. Unfortunately, you can't really diagnose CTE until after death. Um, the NFL has put in some really stringent concussion protocols. Concussions at every sport uh, is really important. In fact, most people would be surprised that the sport that suffers the most concussions is soccer. And soccer is because of the headers. All the practicing of headers, that movement of the head like that, that's what causes the brain to you know hit the skull and move back and that causes damage and injury and concussions. They usually go undiagnosed because it's not that big ring, ring the bell, knock you out kind of hit. Um, but I think more focus should be on, on concussions, safety, teaching, you know. Well, Richard, this has been so informative, so interesting. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you and great questions. Thank you. 
That was Richard Giller, a partner and chair of Green Spoon Martyrs Insurance Recovery and Practice Group. For AMS TV, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms to do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day, find out more by contacting our Advertising Services Business Development Team at 908-882-1706.